0: This is Conducting Business. I'm Naomi Lewin. This year's college graduates will enter what is being called the best job market in nearly a decade. The economy is improving and salaries are up in many fields. In a moment, we'll talk with two newly minted graduates from top conservatories. But we all know that classically trained musicians never face an easy career path and a recent study gives us a clearer picture of their earnings and job potential. Joining us on the line is the lead author of that study, Dr. Anthony P. Carnavali, director of the Center on Education and the Workforce at Georgetown University. Welcome.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Your study, The Economic Value of College Majors, analyzes the highest and lowest-paying majors using 137 different fields where do the performing arts rank in the pecking order
1: well they are they are not at the bottom but they're close to the bottom that is the majors that do least well uh, tend to be psychology where it's tough to get a job with a bachelor's degree actually so it's not just the earnings it's the job but in education is another case where you can get the job but the earnings aren't so good so Arts majors fall into that same category, although oftentimes they do better than psychology majors or education majors.
0: One thing you turned up that's interesting about following your passion, the popularity of a profession is not necessarily in sync with what it pays. With bachelor's degrees, music ranked 36th in popularity, but 113th in terms of earnings. Does that just indicate to you that there are a lot of idealistic people out there following their passion?
1: Well, the labor market and the education degree market have pretty much slowly aligned. That is, we've got about 20% of our bachelor's degree now in STEM in the United States, another 27% in business, so that's 47%. STEM is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Those are the most highly paid followed by business, which is 27% of degrees, followed by healthcare, which is 10. So you very quickly get uh, 60% or so. And then if you add 10% for education, uh, which is uh, a market where you don't make money, but you get a job, you're talking about a a degree system in the United States where fewer than 15% of the graduates really major in subjects that don't have particular occupations, and in some cases... Uh, as in music and the arts, there are particular occupations, but they're not well paid.
0: So should people be majoring in things like music, or should they be trying to channel themselves into something that pays better?
1: There is no answer to that question. In general, we know what people do. Uh, That is, they tend to choose majors and careers based on their interests and values and personalities. And we also know if they don't do that, they're not very successful. So in the end, I guess the advice to most people is that the purpose of going to college, I think in general, is to live more fully in your time according to your own sense of what that means. But at the same time, it is just smart to uh, get some sense of what you can sell out of your education because you can't live fully in your time if you're living under a bridge.
0: The median mid-career income for a music major with a bachelor's degree is $49,000, but musicians rarely do just one job. Some of them play in more than one ensemble, they teach, maybe they do some administrative work. Did your study take all of that into account?
1: Yes, it did. Uh, one of the things to keep in mind, though, is that there's a range always. That is, uh, a particular major is not, in the end, certainty about what uh, it's not fate. That is, there's always a range. So if you're in the upper 25th percentile of people with degrees in the arts and in music, you'll make uh, 75 or 80 grand. If you're in the bottom 25th percentile of people with those degrees in the end, you'll make less than a high school graduate. So a lot of it depends on what you do with the the particular field of study that you're in there is no the, the median is very clear the median which is the middle is as you say in the high 40s and in graduate school it's the 60s
0: that was my next question is people may be asking themselves now musicians should I go to graduate school does and whether that gives you an advantage
1: it seems to in virtually all of the bachelor degree majors, there's a fairly substantial, generally about $20,000 to $30,000 increase in median earnings over a 45-year career if you go on to graduate school. That's pretty much true across all majors with wide variation in what the bump is for graduate school. So if you go to graduate school uh, in STEM, you get a big bump, uh, or in business, in The arts, education, humanities, it's a smaller bump, but it basically takes you to a level where you're a solid middle-class American.
0: I guess there's one ray of hope for musicians, which is that your data shows that music is not the worst-paying profession within the arts. Is that something musicians can take comfort in, or is it sort of a pyrrhic victory?
1: I think it is something to take comfort in. There's altogether too much emphasis, I think, especially nowadays, we've lived through fifteen years of bad labor markets for college graduates they're quite good now i mean the unemployment rate for college graduates is now at two and a half percent but nonetheless uh, these have not been the easiest times and nothing to do with college or the value of college it has more and more to do with what your major is but uh, in general people with uh, degrees in the arts and in music and the like they do make what in the end are solid middle class earnings. If you make 40 to 50 grand a year and you're married to somebody who makes the same, that's 100. And if you get benefits, if you get health care benefits alone, that adds 30% to the value of your job and that takes you to 130. You can raise a family on 130.
0: Of course, with the price of gas the way it is right now, things are even a little shaky these days for number one on your list petroleum engineers.
1: They've been the leader now for 15 years, and we're, we're waiting to see next year if there's a bump. I suspect there won't be. The shortage has been so great, it's never been filled. The key here always with anybody is that you should do what you value and what you're good at, and but just keep be mindful of uh, what you're going to do for your career, how you're going to use that knowledge, because... What you take in college is going to have a lot to do with what you do after breakfast for the 45 or 50 years after you graduate and go to work.
0: Thank you very much. You're welcome. Dr. Anthony P. Carnavali is director of the Center on Education and the Workforce at Georgetown University. He's the author of a new study, The Economic Value of College Majors. You'll find a link to that on our website, wqxr.org. So we've heard what research says about the job market for music school graduates. Now let's talk with a couple of them. Wei Sheng Wang is the clarinetist you're hearing in the background. He just got a master's degree from the Juilliard School. And Maria Natale is a soprano who just graduated from the Manhattan School of Music's Professional Studies Certificate Program. News headlines all point to a better economy. Less unemployment, a booming stock market, all of that. But... At the same time, there have been lots of stories about orchestra strikes, city opera shutting down, and the shrinking freelance market for musicians. What is at the front of your minds right now? i going to start with you, Wei.
2: I have to say I was fortunate. Uh, two years ago, I won a little position with the Albany Symphony, uh, even though it's not a full-time uh, orchestral job, but I, at least I get to start with something. And I have also been a freelance engineer, recording engineer for the past five years, and this summer is uh, about time for me to make the next step forward. Uh, I was very fortunate, again, to meet the right person to invest in my recording business. So I'm uh, actually building up a top-notch recording studio down in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Fantastic. And Maria?
3: Yeah, it's it's definitely something that is concerning to me, uh, especially making that next step uh, in the professional world, especially with... Um, there's so many students. There's so many music students. There's so many singers and the competition is high and the jobs are decreasing. And so the pressure to have everything all put together and just go out and make something happen is, is really great. So, uh, What
0: keeps you up at night?
3: kind of it's terrible perfection <laughs> trying to constantly have being on top of my game and meeting the right people and going out and trying to make connections because that's it's very difficult
0: way well, you sounds like things are going pretty well for you but is there something that keeps you up at night
2: yeah, you know, I mean, to be an entrepreneur, it's it, it's very hard sometimes to... Uh, you have to make a living at the same time to invest everything else you have had into your business. So uh, what really kept me going is, you know, the love for music and art and how I can expand this idea into a, a bigger market that I can serve uh, many other musicians like me, not just myself.
0: Maria, you have already got one foot in the professional world. Mm-hmm. You've done a lot of gigs with Sarasota Opera. What are your immediate and longer-term plans?
3: Uh, My immediate plans are kind of getting an an audition package together so I can present it to agents. What does that entail? uh, That entails getting the right headshots. I need to get the right list of arias that present me and what I'm trying to sell myself as, if you want to say it like that, so I can get an agent and kind of get more jobs in the future. So,
0: Well, you've got the gig with Albany and you've got the recording studio going on. Do you see yourself in the future trying to take steps up in the symphony world or doing more in the recording field?
2: Uh, you know, that's one of the questions keeps me up every night, too. <laughs> you know, it's I'm at uh, an intersection trying to uh, decide where I'm going to go with my career. At the end, I came up with, you know, the idea of whatever the opportunity is in front of you. So right now, uh, you know, I was fortunate to meet the right investor to invest into my business. So I would say in the next one or two years, I'm probably going to put my focus on the recording uh, studio business and then, if I wanted to uh, expand my symphony uh, career more, I could probably go ahead and audition for more uh, orchestras.
0: Do you think a dream job for a musician looks different today than it did a generation ago? Or is there such a thing anymore as a dream job for a musician?
3: I think that's a very personal thing for everybody. Everybody has their different definition of a dream job. Some. Uh, people would like to uh, go to Europe, and some people would like to stay here, or um, some people want to work a lot, and some people want to work a little, or some people want to be famous, and some people just kind of want to have a working, you know, job all the time. Uh, but...
0: And for you, do you want the, the famous thing? Do you want the go to Europe thing? Or do you just want to work in your field?
3: I want it all. <laughs> Perfectly good answer. I love music so much. I just want to do it all the time. So,
0: and I should explain that for opera singers, there are a lot more opera houses in Europe, or at least there have been historically. So a lot of opera singers follow that path of trying yes, to carve yes. out a career in Europe.
3: Yeah, a lot of, uh, especially Germany. A lot of singers go to Germany. So um, it might be something in my future. I'm not. I'm not sure. I just kind of go with the the tide and <laughs> see where it takes me.
0: Way do you ever see yourself going back to China?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, And um, as many of you might know, that Juilliard is building a school in China as well. And from talking to uh, uh, President Joseph Polisi, that, you know, I'm very looking forward to getting involved with the project if I can. So I definitely see myself going back to China for um, music-related um, careers and businesses.
0: I should say that you moved to New York yes. from China with your mother when you were 13 yeah. for Juilliard's <laughs> pre-college division. So it sounds like your family made a lot of sacrifices for you to come here.
2: Yes. uh, You know, I was single mother the whole time. Uh, She uh, really just sacrificed everything for me and came to the state with me when I was 13 years old. Because back then I was so young, so I needed a legal guardian. So she had no choice but to come over with me over the sea. And now she got remarried to uh, a retired NYPD officer. And they're living uh, happily after (laughs) in Bayside, New York. Uh, so I don't see I don't see her going back to China, but I'm probably <laughs> going to go back to China at some point.
0: <laughs> was this what you always wanted to do? Is that why the two of you moved here?
2: Yes, uh, I remember back then when I was uh, when I just started uh, studying clarinet at age of ten. People were asking me what's your dream, and I said my dream is to come to Juilliard. <laughs> and I never thought actually a dream came true when I was 13 years old. I was able to uh, come to Juilliard through um, a lot of people's help with the visas, you know, with the financial support. And I would say, yeah, that th- my dream is to be here.
0: Maria, you didn't travel quite as far to get to New York as we did. You're from Southern California and with a bachelor's degree from the San Francisco Conservatory. And now your degree from Manhattan School. Have you always wanted to be a singer?
3: Yeah, I have always wanted to be a singer. Well, As long as I can remember, actually, my grandfather was an opera singer. So he would always... Uh, bring me recordings of Joan Sutherland and Montserrat Caballé and I would since I was 10 years old I just remember being in love with it and obviously, you know, honed my talent and I never really looked back. I did it my whole life and uh, you know a long road <laughs>
0: Did either of you ever consider the job market as musicians before choosing your major?
3: Uh, No, not at all. Uh, I went into singing just purely for the love of it and knew that I was good at it and just loved the whole story of opera going and pretending to be somebody on stage and communicating that. And um, I never once thought about going into it like seeing it from a business side. And now that is the most difficult part at, at this point
0: way did you ever study anything else besides music or no
2: consider- I, I mean i've always been in the music industry and a music school uh but you know i've all, always kept my eyes open and to see uh, other opportunities around me because uh i would say from the second year of, uh second year of undergrad i started to realize that even though i have so much passion for music but it's very important to uh, be able to make a living Warrior uh, in love with music. And that's, I would say, the problem a lot of us are facing after school.
0: Do you think conservatories are upfront enough with their students about how hard it's going to be to make a living in music after you graduate? Dead silence. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think if you ask somebody, they will be upfront with you about it. But I think. In a lot of conservatories, they don't necessarily want to discourage somebody from making music and, you know, going for their dreams and doing what they love and supporting the arts. So it's kind of a, a little iffy question.
2: Well, I would say, uh, at least for Juilliard, since I've been there for uh, my past 11, 12 years, uh, the school has changed quite a few bit. I would say uh, school is really... Uh, you know, trying to pay attention to students, what they're going to do after school. Just a couple of years ago, there was a new department set it up at Juilliard. It's called Career uh, Development Program. So they really try to teach us, you know, many different ways how to keep our eyes open. And when there's opportunities, it could be a performance opportunity, it could be a business opportunity, whatever it is, you know, you're going to have to catch it and somehow make yourself successful.
0: (laughs) And do you think ever there's a time if they see somebody who they think might not, maybe you have the talent, but you don't have whatever else, the drive, the fire in the belly, is there ever any way that they kind of steer you towards other aspects of the business?
2: Well, I I would say since these days conservatories are normally a pretty big school with hundreds of kids in there, it's very hard for school to focus on individual. So a lot of times it's on your own. You know, to be very honest, you have to be on your own for most of the time.
0: How do you decide when to take a gig that might not pay well, but will give you a career leg up, as opposed to a job that's going to pay you more and really pay the bills?
2: You know, as long as my time allows, I take every gig I could. And I consider every gig as a Carnegie Hall performance, because you never know who's out there. And um, I've had opportunities performing uh, with people in the dance world. And uh, you know, I was just doing small gigs in the beginning, and then eventually I got to play with Mark Morris, and he was uh, he brought me on tour to Seattle two months ago, and I was just very surprised. And at the end, you know, I thought about it. Really, you know, it's you're not never playing a gig; it's always a performance for you.
0: And what are you doing this summer?
2: I'm going up to. This is my second season playing with Lake Placid in Faniata Last year I was subbing there, and this year they actually got me back as so a full time, and I'm very happy to be there. It's a beautiful place. And what are you doing this summer?
3: Uh, this summer, I am preparing for the upcoming audition season in the fall. And then I will be going to a music festival in Arkansas. <laughs> and I'll be uh, performing a concert there and giving some master classes for like high school students. And it'll be a good time.
0: Well, thank you both very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank
3: you. Thank you.
0: Wei Xiang Wang is a clarinetist who just got a master's degree from Juilliard, and Maria Natale is a soprano. You're listening to her right now. She is a new holder of a professional studies certificate from the Manhattan School of Music. Brian Wise is our producer. I'm Naomi Lewin. Thanks for listening.